Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Anita J, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, July 14th, 2017, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. And today we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 68, the second paragraph, which begins, Perhaps There is a Better Way, and we're reading through two paragraphs, ending with, at once we commence to outgrow fear. And we will be commenting on both. Today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Tenzin P, 12 Traditions, Nancy H. Readers of the text are Rachel N.M., Lauren N., and Katie G. The share ID for yesterday, Thursday, July 13th, are for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting was 10,148, 10148. And for the 7 a.m., it was 10,151, 10151. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, and that's to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Tenzin P. to read our 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P. calling from New York. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and compulsive overeating, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 
five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Tenzin P. And now Nancy H. will read OA's 12 Traditions. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, everyone. I am Nancy H. from Massachusetts, and I'm recovered again, compulsive overeater. Well, grateful to be doing this service. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thanks very much, Nancy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. 
Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 68, reading the second and third paragraphs, commenting on both. And I've asked Rachel N.M. to get us going. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Anita. This is Rachel N.M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from Ohio. Perhaps there is a better way. We think so. For we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. We are in the world to play the role he assigns. Just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? We never apologize to anyone for depending upon our Creator. We can laugh at those who think spirituality as the way of weakness. Paradoxically, paradoxically, it is the way of strength. The verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. We ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. Well, this is Rachel, and there's there's hardly any paragraphs I'd rather read in the big book than these because they've changed my life so dramatically. I I used to be a what I thought was a terrible decision maker, but what I really was was fearful, and I was very anxious that the show would show would not go off as I hoped it would, and I wanted to be the star of the show, and so the and so this has been life changing because I no longer the the pivotal point for me is that. I'm now in the world to play the role that God assigns for me. And because it's because I'm letting him be um the director of the show, I just simply ask him and I do what I I think that he wants me to do. And I don't worry anymore if I'm wrong because I know that my God loves me and that he corrects me if I'm wrong. And so I can just move ahead and in faith. And this is a very freeing way of life. And I actually find out that I seldom have made huge mistakes in trying to do what I think God would have me to do. Um, and, and so we have this beautiful prayer. We just ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us to be. And at once we commence to grow out fear. 
It's very simple, and I can testify that it works. I pass. Well, thanks very much, Rachel and M. Who else would like to share their experience? Elizabeth D. Elizabeth D. Charles Lisa. H. Charles H. Julie R. Julie R. And who's that? Ken's, Ken's what? what was Barbara that? E. Gen Z. Sima M. Uh, just a minute. Barbara E. And Sima M. And Larry. There was somebody. And Larry. Gen, and there was somebody else. Gen Z. Gen, Gen, Gen Z. That was what it, that's who it was. Gen Z. Thank you. Tina S. Uh, I, okay, let's stop right there with Tina S. I have Elizabeth D., Charles H., Julie R., Jen Z., Barbara E., Sima, Larry, and Tina S. All right, Elizabeth D., please go ahead. Good morning. Uh, my name is Elizabeth D. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. Oops. Can I be heard? Uh, yes, but but you got to get rid of that sound. <laughs> I'm not sure okay. what, that, what that was. Oh, oh, all right. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, this this is um, the crux of the issue for me. Um, I considered myself for years and years and years of what I called a fear-based person, and I looked at that in a sociological kind of way. Um, because you know I am a daughter of depression era parents, so that and and um, depression era people, lots of them are from a sociological standpoint, I have a lot of fear. So that's me. Um, um, and I, you know, I've been in a in OA for 30 years, and I've been through many A walls, which, for those of you who don't know, stands for A way of life, and it is a, a 12, 12 step study, um, and that is a closed study and in 90 day OA I did AWOLs one after another but and and I was getting some recovery but the seriousness of my fear problem in my life never truly hit home until I started to to do um, the work this way through the big book um, in entire abstinence and with uh, and coming to it with in with a with desperation that I had never had before um, I, uh, my disease progressed, and the fear problem, uh, fear of losing something, fear of not being perfect, fear of, um, of uh, you name it, just it was the thing I, I didn't even realize. I couldn't even see the role that was playing in my life in terms of my attitudes and my reactions to things. The extreme, most extreme example played out in my work. Um, thanks to my huge capacity for denial, I got myself trapped in a high-paying job that was not right for me. And because of the fear of economic insecurity, and um, um, you know, I the only way that I could cope was um, on and off eating. I was I would get some abstinence, but I was I was in constant relapse one after another. Um, eating, missing days at work, um, just getting by, covering my ass. It was I was not doing the work optimally and um, this the the, um, the reading before where it says that fear ought to be classed with stealings it seems to be causing that much trouble that clearly was true for me and it wasn't until I was really truly desperate and had surrendered 
to uh, my powerless over this disease and, and found a guide in this program and went through the big book um, in this way, did I realize how, what an evil and corroding thread fear was in my life. And um, today it is so different. Today, as a result of working the steps in sequence every single day in my life, um, I, there are days when I will have um, fear and it will last um, and, and I'll be in a state of great fear for the whole day, but that it doesn't last. It doesn't go on for days on end. These, these fear jags, I call them. Is it time? It is. Honey. Time? Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so what I just want to say in wrapping up is that it is a miracle in my life, but I have, in fact, outgrown fear. Not every single day, but most days I do not fear. I trust and rely on my higher power to take me to the next moment. And my perfectionism has been relieved and, um, and my fear is, is, um, is going away. And, I'm, and, and it's an incredible um, miracle. And I pass. Thanks very much, Elizabeth D. Well, Charles H., good morning. It's your turn. Thank you, Anita J. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. There's a couple of places here I want to speak um, directly to. Instead, we never apologize for God. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. We ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention on what he would have us be. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. I also want to speak to the line where it says, um, we, can, we never apologize to anyone for depending upon our creator. We can laugh at those who think spirituality is a way of weakness. Paradoxically, it is the way of strength. So last night I went to an intergroup meeting, um, powerful meeting, it was new, new, newly elected officers, and it was, a, it was a strong energy of passion in there. And, you know, of course I put a plug in for the convention, and everybody was like, yeah, I want to. You know, and, and that's what we do, carrying that message, right? So, but I want to show the weakness of, of, of uh, we have 100 meetings in New York City, and we only had 23 intergroup reps there. But it was so powerful, right, because we came together in weakness. And together, it was like, it was like, wow. Like, you know, we had, we came up with so much initiative, the, uh, it was just a great participation. Everybody's fired up. We're going to inject some strength into those 77 meetings that don't have a rep. We're going to visit those meetings and together. And, and don't be surprised if New York is in the house uh, in September, well represented because of the weakness of Ovaries Anonymous. There was black people, Spanish, uh, white Blue, black, everybody together on one purpose. We were talking about the steps. We were talking about outreach program. We were talking about outgrowing fear of OA not being here. I, I, I have a fear, a healthy fear of OA not being here. And I'm going to do, uh, you know what? I'm sparked up, fired up to do whatever it takes. I got a big mouth, too. So I'm sparked up, fired up to do whatever it takes for OA to be here for my kids and, and future generations. 
because this is a life beyond my wildest dreams. And every single day, um, spirituality, you know, liberation from my thinking, uh, I can outgrow fear with this beautiful fear prayer and this fear inventory process along with the, the conduct and the uh, resentment uh, inventory. And the reason, and I'll close with this, the reason why I joined that inner group is because of a resentment. That resentment fueled me up, and now I thank God for that resentment. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Charles H. Julie R., it's your turn, and then it'll be uh, Gen Z. Hi, this is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater um, in California. You know, fear, it talked about um, perhaps there is a better way. We think so. So, you know, better way, what does that mean? Oh, a better way from the way that Julie handled fear? You know, I um, I was raised in, in a household where it was riddled by fear. I mean, our daily conversations at night were, make sure you lock the door because somebody could come in and kill you and they're going to drag you off your bed, blah, blah, blah. I mean, so I was like constantly in fear. Um, going to school, make sure you check your back because there's somebody who's going to snatch you and if they snatch you, we'll never get you back. So even as an adult, I mean, I would just hide in my room and barricade it because I thought somebody was going to come in business trips. I traveled constantly. I was a nervous wreck. And it wasn't until I got on a new basis of relying and trusting my infinite God rather than my finite self. And it's like, you know, I'm 58. And it was about age 52, where I was able to go into a hotel lock the door like normal people do and go to sleep and not worry about things. Why? Because I had trusted my God to take away my fears. And, it, you know, it's so clear. It says they trust God and we don't apologize for God. We let him demonstrate through us what he can do. You know, that had nothing to do with me. All my life I was so afraid that somebody was going to grab me and kill me and whatever. And I was conditioned to be that way, right, wrong, whatever. I'm not placing blame on anybody. But to have that fear removed, totally removed, without one iota of fear in my being today is a miracle. And all I had to do is get a relationship with my God, ask my God to remove my fear, let me be of service to other people, and my life is free and i am able it says he enables us to match calamity with serenity not sometimes not maybe but a definite yes and there's so many examples in my life that i was fear based and i would turn that around to an ego based and you know i'll show you so then i could mock that fear but today it's like i don't have to do any of that and it's just so exciting because I couldn't even go out to my car without being in a panic that somebody was going to grab me. And um, I mean, I forget to lock my front door sometimes now. I mean, what a miracle is that? And it's only through working the steps, living in the solution, and doing daily work every day and being of service to others. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks very much, Julie R. Uh, Gen Z, good morning. You are up. Hi, this is Chen Z, compulsive overeater from Kentucky. Can someone please tie me? 
I I time you all, so don't worry about it. Thank you. I have been recovered for approximately 13 days, and something's been quite clear to me, which is uh, really counterintuitive. For 30 years of my life, I have tried to um, micromanage the food that I put in my mouth, how much exercise I do during the day to try to get into that perfect shape. And um, after 30 years of struggling, I finally found myself in OA and applied these nine tools. And I balked for a little while because it just seemed so odd. You know, um, how are these nine tools going to prevent me from putting a ding-dong or um, a switch roll in my mouth or something? Um, And I think what finally happened after struggling in OA for a little while is I stopped trying to figure it out. And I just put my head down and did it. And so what I found, um, strangely enough, now, is when I write my action plan, which typically morning is pray and read OA literature and meditate and write, um, and then during the day is pray some more. I just pray throughout the day, Um, usually outreach calls. And I catch a phone meeting every day, typically. And then at night, what I do is I reflect and pray, and I I give gratitude to God for keeping me abstinent. Do you know that I forget to write, eat abstinently? And I just noticed that a few days ago. I I forget to write, eat. It's almost become secondary of importance to me. And that's how I know that I've finally given it up to God Um, because I I was raised in such a self-reliant atmosphere and environment when I was young. I just had, I learned to just rely on myself because no one else was emotionally available for me. And, and that was true those first 30 years uh, of, of, of my disease was I was just relying on myself, trying to figure out how to handle this food thing. Everybody else around me can eat normally. Why am I struggling with this? Um, and I finally realized what submission meant. It meant not thinking about the food. Never thought I'd come to the day where I would not think about food during the day. But do you know, I lay my head at night and I think, oh my gosh, I was abstinent today. Praise God, I was abstinent today. And I can tell you that I feel so liberated and there's such a sense of freedom. Um, I have other fears in my life, but just knowing that God has taken that for me, I know he'll he'll take the rest from me. Thank you, I pass. Thanks you so much. Congratulations. Uh, Barbara E., it, uh, just, to, just to say, we are on page 68, reading the second and third paragraphs about fear. So Barbara E., followed by Sima. Good morning, everyone. It's Barbara E. in rainy New Jersey. But I'm grateful because I don't have to water the lawn. First of all, I'd just like to say I've been abstinent for 20 years. Great. I got the food issue down, but that didn't mean I was happy, joyous, and, and free. Fear shot through my life. Fear of my not being good enough. Fear of your not thinking I was good enough. Fear of change. 
fear of trusting another fallible human being with my deepest, darkest secrets. Fear touched every aspect of my life. Fear of what I would be like without my defects. I needed to identify clearly and fearlessly what my fears related to. What would I be like without them? I must trust that I'm capable of change. Pray that my God will remove my character flaws in his own time. One of my character liabilities is I'm impatient. I want to be cured right now. I had to learn to be patient when my God is ready for me to remove a defect. It will disappear. And there is the possibility it will return again. But prayer is not enough for me. I must take action, constant action. I must stop complaining about myself. Page 417 in the big book, I believe, says when I complain about myself, I'm complaining about God's work. I have to be willing to live with my defects as long as the ratio of good to bad is improving, even if it's slower than I'd like. I'm not bad. I'm not stupid. I'm just human. And I always thought I was bad, stupid, a sloth. The hardest flaw for me to get rid of is the flaw of wanting you to like me. In Yiddish, Harlan may know this, my mother was very good at schmeichling, getting people to like her by saying something nice about them. It didn't harm them. It made them feel good, but they certainly liked her. And I had perfected that term. Today, I have to accept it's okay if you don't like me. Fear is a way to get back with my deep, with my inner self. I will do what I need to do to ensure that it doesn't happen. It's okay. Pray, be patient, take action, and look fearlessly at my flaws and be willing. Thank you, Apeas. Oh, thank you very much, Barbara E. Sima, is it Sima K? Uh, Good morning. Good morning, Anita. Uh, This is Sima M. from New Jersey. Grateful, compulsive overeater, living in recovery one day at a time. Grateful for this meeting and everyone on the line. Fear, I am so happy. I was so riddled with fear uh, as a child. I just remember uh, hiding under a blanket, just afraid of everything, afraid of the dark, afraid of... uh, just Fear of fear, I guess it was, really. And um, since I came into this program 42 years ago, I have experienced, not entirely the whole time, but the freedom from fear and uh, only because I believe what it says in the big book and I follow it exactly Um, and just praying for God to remove fear when I feel it Uh, believing that uh, fear is faith in the wrong thing so therefore if I'm praying I have nothing to be fearful of fear of the unknown um, 
It doesn't matter because I don't know what it is. So I can only living in today. That's what letting go of fear means, living in today and not worrying about tomorrow, not worrying about my daughter for the whole year that she lived in South America, and I never knew when I was going to hear from her. But living in this program gave me the ability to sleep at night because I realized she has her own higher power who's taking care of her, and I just have to pray and rely on my higher power. So um, this is one of my favorite parts of the program. My One of my favorite character defects that seems to be easily relieved when I go into prayer, not like the other character defects, which do tend to stick around more stubbornly. Um, so I'm grateful that today's topic is letting go of fear because that's one of my favorite things to let go of. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks, Simma. Uh, Larry K. followed by Tina S. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Anita. How are you, Anita? <laughs> Larry K., recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. We got to laugh, right? Well, um, what I want to share about this is a couple of different things. You know, I, I want to remember the context of we're talking about fear. We're in the fourth step, which, boy, um, uh, you know, if I knew that these directions would simply remove your fear we, we you know i would if i had a newcomer i would say well let's get right to these uh you know these these this fear inventory that's going to solve your problem like you know in the same way if i thought food was was someone's problem in the context of this practical program of action i'd say well let me give you the diet let me give you a food plan and that'll solve that this didn't solve anything for me what it what it did was we, we take these steps in sequence, you know, and, and right now we're reading about and we're, we're learning about taking a look at fears, one of our grosser handicaps. We also have resentments, sexual conduct. Um, you know, what I need to be reminded, too, is that, you know, what, I, what I'm going to experience as a result of this practical program of action, 1 through 12, followed specifically as a profound alteration in my reaction to life. That's what happened to me. If I followed it precisely, I'm going to have a profound alteration in my life. I'm going to have a, perhaps a personality change, a spiritual awakening, if you will, that is going to move me from a self-centered consciousness perhaps to a, a God-centered consciousness, an other-centered consciousness. And what I learned, too, is that, you know, what often takes place in a few months, I've seen it, it happened to me, I've seen it in others, could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. Oh, boy, you and I could sit down and we could talk all about fears. I could educate you about fears and in the process perhaps educate myself, revisit all the different aspects of fears. That wouldn't solve your fear problem. It wouldn't solve my fear problem. I need a profound alteration in my ideas, attitudes, and emotions. And that, for me, happened, including fears, when I followed this program of action in sequence. And when I did it, the change came. It was more of the educational variety for me. And yes, I don't have fears quite in the same way that I used to. I'm not tethered to them, owned by them quite in the same way that I used to be. I've changed. I've moved from a self-centered existence more to a 
a God-centered existence. By the grace of God, I didn't do that for myself. So this is just one aspect, and we have to see this program through in, in its entirety, right? In its entirety. And then we see a change in reflection. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thanks very much, Larry Kay. And Tina S., it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning, Anita. Thanks for your service. Uh, Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Well, I heard some great stuff. You know, I'm thinking in my mind, oh, this is my favorite part, but I say that about every paragraph we read in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and basically because it, it changed my life. And, uh, you know, and everybody has said it, you know, it tells me here, it says, perhaps there's a better way. You know, how do I know that? Because, and it already was shared for so many years, you know, I had relied on myself, infinite self. I am limited. You know, we're now on a different basis. You know, the basis of trust and relying upon God, infinite God, you know, unlimited, you know, and, and the things that happen in my life today are so dramatically different. You know, I was paralyzed by fear. I related to, I had to go straight from my home to my job in my car. I couldn't stop and get gas. To, to this day, I have no clue what that was about because I remember thinking I used to be able to stop and get gas, but I was just paralyzed. You know, I was, um, you know, I was relying on myself. You know, so therefore, you know, when I start to, and this enabled me to create a relationship with a power greater than myself that is phenomenal today, you know, because I was so full of fear. I remember when I first got asked, and I used to, I worked in a pharmacy, and I would write on a three-by-five card, the fear prayer, and I'd put it in my pocket. And I don't know how many times a day I took out that card. But today, you know, for whatever reason, my mind gets directed when I, when I feel, the, feel the fear or I hear the word fear, I go straight to the fear prayer, you know, and it says that he, God enables us to match calamity with serenity. What a phenomenal thing, you know, and I ask him to remove my fear and direct my attention to what he would have me be, not what he would have me do. I was always supposed to thinking that I was supposed to be doing something, you know, how would I be today? You know, I'd be, you know, grateful and teachable and um, giving and loving and all that stuff that I was never able to do on my own and, and what a life I have. And it was already shared again, you know, beyond my wildest dreams. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks very much, Tina S. And now I'm going to open it up again. Matt M. Matt M. Parker. Okay, hold on a minute. And Melissa? Okay, wait a minute. Pete B. Laura R. Laura R. And I have Kim G. All right, let's stop here. I'll try to get you, but let's see how we're going. Matt M, Pete B, Kim G, Parker, um, is it Parker M, Laura, and Nessa. All right, let's start with Matt. Go ahead, Matt. Good morning. Thank you, Anita. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M from Falls Over Ear from Jersey. I love the fear prayer that it has in here because I need to say that on a daily basis because I fear from like my that I'm never going to have enough money, that I'm not going to have enough food, that I'm not going to have enough friends, blah, 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 the whole bit. So I try to keep myself grounded by reading that fear prayer every morning as well as the unawakening section of the big book. And uh, I need to keep myself from giving too far into my own head because I do, you know. I very easily get sidetracked by a lot of things and, you know, by life, you know, by the, by the trials and tribulations of life. And that's not what I want to do anymore. I want to be free from this. And uh, so I take it one one thing at a time and uh, try to fit my luck, take my luck to the comfort, fit my life to it, rather than living in fear. 
So I was living in fear. It was, my life was so small, and now I want my life to be bigger and bigger. For me to do that, I have to let go of what I have, what I do, what I think I know, versus what I what I what I what I need to know. And I'm grateful that just for today, I can let myself feel the feelings and not let myself get paralyzed by fear or uncertainty. And I'm grateful for that. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks very much, Matt. Pete followed by Kim G. Good morning, Pete B. Press star one. Good morning. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can now. Yes, great. Oh, thank you. Uh, my name is Pete B. I'm uh, from outside of Philadelphia. I'm a compulsive overeater and a bunch of other things, and I'm abstinent and sober today by God's grace and mercy. And uh, thank you for taking the meeting, and thank you for – I'm glad I got a place in line. And I um, I appreciate what was shared yesterday with regard to uh, fears and how they're a natural part of our being. And I, I, I believe what this, is, what this reading is talking about is uh, irrational fear. You know, I have, I have rational fears. They, they've been put in me by my maker. They're there for a reason. But I also have these irrational fears that I suffer from as a result or just part of my being or as a result of my disease. And I believe what this is referring to in this prayer is asking God for, to remove the irrational fears that I have in my life and then commencing to outgrow them. And I want to remember that, they, that it, it, it reads grow because growth is a process. And I had this idea that, you know, I'd be fearful and then all of a sudden I'd have no fear. And, and that has not been my experience. What, I, what I've had, what, what I've been uh, given, I believe, is courage to act even in my fear and then uh, uh, by, by, by uh, taking that action, I have I, I outgrow it and uh, and growth is a process it's not an overnight thing and and uh, you know I have a rational fear about sharing on in 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 this meeting online and and it's just completely irrational I've I, I um, and 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 I'm praying every day for that fear to be removed and that self consciousness and uh, you know and, and all those other things so I'm grateful I'm grateful uh, for this study and with that I'll pass thanks well thanks Pete B. Uh, Kim G. followed by Harper E. Good morning, Miss Kim. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. You know, I just have to say the brilliance of this big book and how this fourth step unraveled for me personally. You know, we start out with these resentments. And what I discovered was that my resentments covered my anger. And then we have that sick man's prayer where it says, God, save me from being angry. And what I discover is that under my anger is fear. I'm fear-based. I am driven, driven by a hundred forms of fear. And I love that idea of infinite God versus trying myself. And I think to myself, of my mother, um, I'm the oldest of three kids. It took my parents over four years to get pregnant. And within a year, my mom got pregnant with my brother. And she said she was terrified because she had this little girl that was the center of her life. How was she ever going to split her love with another child? And that terrified her. But she said the moment my brother was put in her arms, she realized that love was multiplication. It wasn't division. And I realized, now yeah, that's my big problem. I think love is finite. 
Because you see, when a friend got a boyfriend, I thought to myself, damn, there's one less guy out there in the world. As opposed to, look, my friend found love. It's showing me it's possible for me too. Or if a coworker gets promotion, I think to myself, gosh darn, that's the job I wanted. Versus, wow, isn't it great I work for a company that promotes from within? Maybe even in this meeting, you might get annoyed when you hear people are recovered because you're, you're sitting in relapse, and how dare they be happy? As opposed to, oh my God, if that person can recover, I can recover too. That's what I, when I rely on infinite me, when I'm self-reliant, of course I'm terrified. And I started to realize that all the things in my life I thought I needed in order to feel safe was the exact reason I was feeling unsafe. Because I sat in fear, afraid, if I don't get this, I'm not going to be happy. But the reality is if I got that, I was absolutely in fear of what happens when I lose that. So when we see that last line in that same paragraph where it says, just to the extent that we do as we think as he would have us, we humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? And I started to realize that whenever I felt fear, fear is a sure sign I'm relying on my own power. And as a recovered woman, I feel fear. But as a recovered woman, I've learned the skill set that I no longer have to stay there. I have a way out, which we can all absolutely agree on, which is these beautiful 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Kim G. Harper E. followed by Alora. Hi, this is Harper. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your service and everybody on the line. I'm so grateful to be talking about fear today. I call every Friday Fear Friday, and every Friday I work a fear inventory with my sponsees, even if they've done all the work and they're recovered and blah, blah. I love working on fear. It's such a great uh, awakening to what's going on in my head. And um, I've worked so many fear inventories over the years that now I realize that what I'm really afraid of is what if I'm not afraid? Uh, I come up against what if there's nothing to be afraid of? Uh, That's a fear that I'm working these days, a fear of uh, what if if there isn't anything to be afraid of? And um, who am I if if I don't have fear? who am I if I don't have something to be fearful and worried about? And I'm so, so grateful to find out exactly who I am outside of fear, outside of selfishness, outside of self-will. And very grateful for the work of this program and this big book and these pages. Thank you. Thank you, Harper E. Uh, Laura. Was there, there was a Laura, right, or what? Yes. Hi, this is Laura H. in Chicago. Okay, thanks. Hi, everyone. Good morning and happy Friday. This is um, this is toughed up, uh, this fourth step and facing the fear. Um, because uh, for so long, for me anyway, I didn't have the ability to look at that. And my addiction helped me to bury my fears deep, deep down. And so when I did my first fourth step, 
and I followed all the columns and rows with my sponsor, every single relationship, every single institution, whatever, fill in the blank on that fourth step, all of it was a fear of abandonment, which is, that's like mind-blowing. So I'm just amazed that when you read the text, you know, we, we understand that God, he is infinite. And myself, I'm finite. And so when I can realize that he has it all, I can begin the process of facing the, the reality. Um, today, I'm going to be spending some time with a family member who is an addict. And I called out to a couple people last night because I'm nervous because it's someone I love very much and they don't have a program. But I do, and they know that or whatever. But I have to face this fear because God is telling me, my, for me, it's God, you need to help out. You need to, you need to do service with your family. So I'm going to do this service, and I'm going to face this fear, and I'm very uncomfortable, which is one of the reasons I'm on the line. And um, I know that he'll lead us through it. Um, because as an addict, when I see someone else who doesn't have recovery, like I do with my sponsees or whatever, um, it, I, I see me. And, and if, when I see me in them, it can scare me. I can feel like, oh, I can get there real quick, you know, one compulsive bite away. So um, I'm taking a lot of quiet time this morning. I'm praying. I'm asking for God's guidance. And I really do know, I really do believe in the bottom of my heart, anyone on this line, whether you're in relapse or you just ate sugar last night or whatever, whatever it is, or you haven't eaten, there is a proven workable solution, and it's here. It's in giving it to God and taking the steps and doing it in a quick way, not to last forever, and going out making your amends. Just follow what your sponsor says. It's amazing. My life has completely changed, and for that, I am deeply grateful. I'm grateful to all of you today for being on the line. With that, I pass. Thanks so much, Laura H. from Illinois. And Nessa R., you are up. Good morning. Nessa? Hi. Hi. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Oh, great. This is Nessa R. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater. So um, why do we have these fears? Is it because self-reliance fails us? So, you know, this tells me that I have a fear because I'm trying to control something that is not for me to control. And, you know, one of my oldest, more uh, deeply rooted fears was the... um, the fear of dying prematurely because my mother died prematurely when I was quite young. And of course I cannot control how long I can live, but you know, if I, if I follow the instructions in this book, which I did, you know, these fears are, are lifted. They're lifted by, by God. Um, and the, the, the instruction here that helped me the most, and you know, God has removed this fear, um, for me, I don't, I don't feel it anymore because now I, I ask God to remove my fear and direct my attention to what he would have me be. And somebody shared about this before, uh, you know, very nicely. You know, it's what he would have me be, not what he would have me do, you know, because I am so used to doing. And, you know, this is probably the root of my fear that I, the belief that I can fix anything. If I just do enough, I will fix it. Well, guess what? There's some things that are not for me to 
fixed. There's nothing I can do about certain things. And, and the fear arises that if I focus on what God would have me be, then that's a different story. I can, I can relax and just be those things. And in this case, you know, what would God have me be? Well, first and foremost, he would have me be trusting and reliant upon him because the biggest part of my fear was what's going to happen to my family if, God forbid, I'm not around. And when I trust and rely upon God, um, I know that he will look after them with or without me. Um, and so, you know, that alleviates the fear. What else would God have me be? He would have me be responsible about my health, which includes he would have me be um, abstinent and recovered, you know, because um, not only I'll have a better quality of life, but, you know, <laughs> overweight and, and, and poor eating habits and poor, you know, lead to poor health, right, which is, which is something that... Uh, that uh, can shorten one's life, God forbid. And, but also, he would have me be in the moment. He would have me enjoy my life now. He would have me be a person who, um, who um, you know, is, is happy, who can enjoy the moment and enjoy my family um, and enjoy my life. And, you know, when I look at it this way, and it's like, yeah, you know what? I can do this. And at once I commence to outgrow fear. It's like the weight of the world is lifted off of my shoulders. And you know what? Like, I don't know how or why, but all I know is that it works. It works for me. You know, I follow this instruction. God removed this fear. He removed other fears, fears of financial insecurity, et cetera. I have other fears that still have not been removed, but as long as I keep, can keep doing this work, according to the big book, I follow these instructions precisely, um, you know, that will happen too, and with that I pass. Thanks so much. Um, we have a minute and a half. Who wants it? Okay, I'll take it. <clears throat> I needed you. Oh, don't go. Oh, Melissa, I'm so sorry. I... Please That's get okay. in there. Get in okay. there, Melissa. Go okay. for it. I'll try to be really quick. I just want to, no. you know, I just want to, like, we, for a Melissa, say, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Oh. And uh, I was so excited because um, I went to the dentist this week, and, you know, that fear has been removed. And I just briefly shared it. Someone had called me looking to um, do 10 step right before my appointment. And I just, I listened and then she asked if she could be used to me, help me at all. And I just mentioned I was going into the dentist and she said, um, well, I'll pray for your dentist. And I walked into the dentist and I've always been terrified of the dentist, but that's been like lifting. And, you know, when I sat in the chair and I opened my mouth, um, I started to feel that familiar pounding of the heart, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and I told my dentist, um, you know, I asked her how she was, and I, and I said that I was praying for her, you know, that she would have a great morning. And her face, like, she looked so thrilled to have somebody ask about her. You know, the entire time my mouth was open, um, any time I had those old thoughts like, oh, my God, they're working on my mouth. I don't know where to put my tongue. I can't breathe. This is going to hurt. I just kept meditating on God's love for my dentist. And, and I prayed that her assistant would be, like, surrounded with everything she wants in life. And, 
you know, it, it works. It's incredible that I could sit there with my mouth open um, thinking about these other people. And that's how God removes the fear, you know, when I become other-centered. So, yeah, I got my teeth filled um, and did it without the fear. Thank you, God. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. I think we all needed to hear that one. Um, and thanks to everyone who shared. The share ID for today, Friday, July 14th, 7 a.m., is 10,153. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Katie G. please read a vision for you? I will, Anita J. May I be heard? Yes, thanks. Good morning, my friends. Katie G. Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic, and Bulimic in Boston, Mass. A vision for you, big book, page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.